Welcome to the Mom to Mom podcast. Our hope is that this monthly podcast will provide both encouragement and practical help as you move forward in raising the next righteous generation. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome to the Mom to Mom podcast. Today we are going to be hearing from Crystal Unruh. And she is going to be sharing on some of the destination goals, how she has really been able to implement those in her parenting. So before we get started on those, uh, I'd love for you to introduce yourself, Crystal, and share a little bit about you. Yeah, so my name is Crystal Unruh, like you said, and I have been attending Seabreeze for about six years now. Um, My husband and I originally were in Fort Worth six years ago, and then we moved here. He became the worship pastor out here at Seabreeze, and his role has recently changed, so now he's the new executive pastor at Seabreeze, so that's been a fun change for our family. So yeah, we've been here for six years, and it's me and my husband Lance, and then we have a five-year-old daughter. Well, she's going to be five in November, but yeah, an almost five-year-old daughter named Annie Ray, so it's been fun. Awesome, and what do you do here at Seabreeze? I, I mean, I'm a stay-at-home mom, so I spend most of my days with Annie, which has been really fun, but I currently serve, in the fall, I'll be serving in the growth group cycle, so I'll be a growth group leader, and I help in the children's ministry. I'm one of the teachers on Sunday mornings, and I'm also one of the Antioch coaches for our Antioch project out here, so that's been a lot of fun. Awesome. So Antioch is a program that we have offered through the network, our 1766 network. If you want to just describe a little bit about it for those who don't know? Yeah, it's a training program that started out at Hope Church in Fort Worth, and it has kind of just made its waves around the different sister churches, and that's been really fun, but it's a training program. It's a five-year training program for anyone who is interested in going into ministry, so my husband and I were able to do that, and we finished it like five years ago, so it's been a while, but now we get to be a part of it out here at Seabreeze and be some of the coaches for a lot of the students out here, so. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing about that. Of course. So uh, what I just want to do is uh, ask you, uh, how have you been able to implement the two destination goals uh, that you'll be sharing about today uh, in your own parenting journey, and maybe um, share about that by uh, kind of explaining some examples of things that you've done or experiences that you've had? Yeah, well, the two destination goals that I'm speaking on today are the first one is sharing, and then the second one is self-control. And those have actually been two key ones in our family, which I assume many moms can relate, especially to the sharing and the self-control. But specifically for our daughter, Annie, she's our only child, and she really has been such a gift from God, and we really enjoy her. But I noticed, especially during COVID, is she didn't have a lot of opportunities for sharing. Mm -hmm. And I tried really hard, but since we didn't have any other kids, it's kind of difficult to kind of give her that practice. So there'd be times where she'd be playing in her room and I'm like, oh man, I don't know how my daughter's going to learn to share because there's no one else to share with. So I would sit and be like, hey, can mom have a turn with your baby doll? And of course she'd be like, oh yeah, because she really loved that I was playing with her. So she wasn't really hesitant. Yeah. So I didn't want to get into this like, oh my goodness, I have this perfect child. And she always shares her baby dolls with me. Like I knew that wasn't the reality. So fast forward COVID's over, quarantine's over, and we finally get to go to playdates and playgrounds, and you would have thought my child had never seen another child before, because there was just tantrum after tantrum. She wasn't sharing. She would have emotional breakdowns, like if a kid took something from her, and I just remember being like, this is really tough, and it was also like a humbling as a parent, because I had to quickly realize that she does not have this practice at home. And she's going to get this practice out in the playground, meaning my child is probably going to be the child that's going to have the most tantrums or like emotional breakdowns. And as a parent, I have to be okay with her experiencing that because that's her practice ground. And 
it took a little bit it took me a couple of weeks to just kind of sort through that as a mom to be like this isn't ref like it doesn't reflect on my parenting and who I am as a mother instead it's really like giving her the opportunity to learn and grow so I was really wrestling with you know when we talk about things that are true versus things that are real like there's a lot of truths that I knew but they were becoming realities and I think for her she had heard me say like it's important to share or can you share your baby doll with your mom or you know she had heard that around our house but I don't think it became a reality until she was on the playground and she was experiencing kids taking things from her or even her taking things from kids. So that was a learning curve for us trying to figure out how I can train her in that. So as you were experiencing this, how did that impact your desire to go out and to do things like with people in community? Yeah, well, if I'm completely honest, I think in the beginning, I kind of wanted to pull back more out of embarrassment. I think I was more embarrassed, like, oh, man, my child is the only one in the playground that doesn't seem to share very well but I remember talking it through with my husband and being like a lot of my friend circles have four kids and that just gives them a lot of practice at home so I think the first few I don't know if I could put a time on it but I know in the beginning I wanted to pull back and just kind of do play dates with people that I was comfortable with and I knew wouldn't judge my parenting but then that really affects even doing outreach or getting to know people outside my circle so I knew that wasn't reality so I think after I realized like no this is a a struggle that I'm having as a mom and as a parent that I really need to surrender to God and walk Annie through this and train her. That's when there was a shift and like, nope, we have to actually add more play dates yeah. and add more experience with different um, kids, even little boys, because that's who her main battle was, any little boy on the playground. So I think as time went on, I realized it's actually really important to get her around more play dates, yeah. which was helpful. So you had to do the hard thing. Yeah. Not necessarily it would bring you the most benefit in the long run, but in the moment, it was the hardest thing to do. Yeah, I think it would have been easier just to go back into quarantine ourselves and <laughs> continue to do <laughs> Zoom life. I'm really glad you shared this example because I know that there's a lot of people that have had that, that struggle of, what do I do? This My kid doesn't know how to be around other kids. Yeah. I've heard that constantly in the last couple of years, like COVID baby. Or, yeah. You know, like, sorry, you're apologizing yeah. for your kid now. Sorry, she's a COVID baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you're definitely not the only one. And I'm glad that you're letting other people know that, you know, that they aren't the only one. Yeah. So. Yeah, my apologies turned to like, sorry, she's a COVID baby to like, sorry, this is her playground. Like, thank you for allowing your kid to be one of the kids that she's fighting with because she, they, their kid, you know, those kids are making things real for her. So mm-hmm. yeah, I've had to really shift my mm-hmm. thinking on that mm-hmm. and sharing, which is cool. Cause I think some of the things we really got to do is add more play dates, but I think there were just a lot of truths that I could really bring to her. And one of the things is like our church does the hard attitudes. And one of, I mean, the first one is putting others interests above our own. Okay. That one became real to her at such an early age because she actually had to experience and practice it at the park. There'd be several times where I I would have to walk her through it. Like, you know, I actually think the kind thing would be to let this other kid go first and share. And like, I was also really thankful for kids who did a good job sharing with her. Then I would kind of use them as examples, not to compare, but just so she had someone like older girls, especially that could be little heroes in her life to be like, that was so kind that they let you play with their doll or like wasn't that kind and kind of debrief that with her on the way home like how did that make you feel when she shared that with you and 
and also vice versa like how did it make you feel when that little boy didn't share that with you you know kind of just I had to spend more time just really processing with her so I mean Philippians 2 3 and 4 when it talks about do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit rather than humility value others above yourselves that was just a really good verse to be like you know a lot of times when it comes to loving people we just really have to humble ourselves and like serve and sacrifice and at first those were just things she was hearing but then at park play dates would be like so this is an example of what it means to humble ourselves like in sacrificing and serving so i was actually being able to put real examples to the words she was hearing and she was starting to make connections so i think that was really helpful for her again in all honesty some play dates weren't that great and no matter how many connections I tried making, it didn't seem to connect. But I think as she's gotten older, she's really realized the value of putting others' interests above her own and sharing and how deep down inside it's not even about the toy or specifically sharing, but it's about the kindness behind it yeah. and the, the serving aspect behind it. So I think that's kind of really helped her a little bit to yeah. have those practices. And you mentioned the heart attitudes. Uh, for those who might not know what those are, they're a set of attitudes, really, that uh, our network of churches has adopted that helps us in right relating towards each other and right relating towards God. Mm-hmm. So it's great that you mentioned those because those really do tie in with the destination goals so well. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really helpful, I think, for any, and I think a lot of it, too, with some of these destination goals, they kind of all play into each other. Like mm-hmm. the second one, I'm speaking on is self-control. And that one really is like oh man I've had to also mesh those together when she doesn't get her way at the park there's self some self-control issues that happen there and that actually from my own personal experience it the idea of self-control and what that really meant actually became real to me in my early pregnancy I remember talking with my husband and I blamed it on the hormones or blamed it on lack of sleep. I can't remember what I was blaming it on, but I remember telling him, like, I just feel like I don't have any control. Like, I just can't control my thoughts or my attitude or whatever it was at the time. And I remember Lance turning around and saying, like, you know what? You do. Like, you have self-control. Like, that's one of the fruits of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I remember that hit me so hard to be like, that is one of the fruits of the Spirit specifically given to us. So for me to say I don't have self-control... So I was really grateful for that early lesson in pregnancy because it, it gave me my pregnancy to kind of sit on it and think about it. And I quickly realized like, oh yeah, self-control, it's not a feeling or like a thought. It's actually like a choice, a choice that I can make. And there are things to clarify that are outside our control, but the things in our stewardship, like we do have control over. And I think those are the things that I realized like that sometimes I just kind of let go yeah. and let my thoughts run. And I have to be like, no, I have self-control with that. So with Annie, that's been a big thing, especially with her growing up from very early age, whether it's tantrums or emotional breakdowns over the whole sharing thing, just kind of giving her practices on what self-control looks like. One of the examples that I have here that I can remember early on is um, she used to really lack self-control while I was doing dinner prep. She wanted to eat like right away. And I was too busy making dinner. Lance wasn't home yet. So she was just really demanding and really wanting food. And I would tell her, like, Amy, you need to be patient. Amy, you need to be patient. And no matter how many times I told her that, she didn't seem to really understand what I was meaning. Mm-hmm. So then we introduced the whole patient hands. And I know several people do this, but pretty much we'd be like, okay, Amy, slow down. Take a deep breath. We'd get her to calm down. Can you do patient hands for us? And she would put her little hands together like if she was praying okay, just 
focus on being patient. Okay, can you do patient hands? And that kind of gave her something to do. So all of a sudden she was choosing to stop whatever emotional things she was doing or crying or a tantrum. And she would like get up, take a deep breath, and then choose to do patient hands. So that was like maybe when she was like 10, 11 months and then a year. And then as she got older, patient hands has become a big thing in our family. So even yesterday we were coming back from the OC fair and we told her we were going to stop and get an icy on our way home. And she kept asking, when are we going to get that icy? When are we going to get that icy? And we still had like 20 minutes before we hit the gas station by our house. And instead of telling her what to do, I turned around and I said, hey, Amy, is there anything that could help you be patient right now? Like while you're waiting for the icy? And she was like, patient hands? And I was like, that's perfect, you know. <laughs> so she took a deep breath, did her little patient hands and... And sometimes with the patient hands, I don't do this all the time, but I will take time and just pray. Like when she does her patient hands, then I say, okay, let's ask God. God, can you help me be patient right now while I wait for my IC? Or God, can you help me be patient while mommy preps for dinner? So it's kind of given her some tools to kind of practice self-control, that she does have control over some of the emotions. So that's actually been really helpful in helping her gain understanding of what it means to choose. And that's been helpful a great practical example yeah and for like babies toddlers like even kids I feel like it could span the ages you know yeah and I don't know about you guys but one of the pressures that I have felt as a mom is trying to give her all the categories at once Mm -hmm. like you know like oh but if you share then you're being kind and you're serving and but then we also get into the whole like there are times where sharing is unjust we're like okay Annie has shared the whole morning and she hasn't gone to turn with this toy but I think about that and sometimes I'm like you know what I think at the end of the day like even if it's unjust towards her and she's not able to get a turn she has more opportunities to serve or I think at home she has less opportunities to serve and share that I would rather have or experience that at a play that than always being the one that gets the toy you know so anyways like I said, there's so many categories you can break down, and I yeah. want to give her all these categories, but it's not helpful for her age, I'm realizing. So I think starting at like 10 or 11 months, I realized she just needs one practical thing, and that was patient hands. Yeah. And now that she's almost five, that patient hands has turned into like, okay, now we pray and ask God to help us, or you know, we're starting to bring more categories to help her. And I think as she grows, the categories will eventually just kind of fill in as we're intentional with her. But yeah, it's been my biggest thing is not giving her all at once because I feel the pressure to do that. We kind of talked about that earlier with like even the destination goals, like wanting to do it all at once. And how mm-hmm. do you just, and Deborah talked about that, you know, you just, you pray and ask God for guidance on the ones that you really need right now. And he really helps you guide and give perspective on what to do. Because it, it does, as, as parents, there's so much that we want to cover yeah. that it feels like if we don't do it all now, yeah. we're going to miss the boat. But it's not true. Like, you know, we have... We have a lot of years yes. to to work those things out and just take it slow and do one thing at a time as they come up. Yeah, that's a good point. I think it's just doing it one thing at a time because for some reason I always feel rushed. Something too that I was thinking is how can I make myself human for my daughter too and really show her that like I'm also a person who's trying to apply this and I think a lot of times I can easily play like the hero in her life and like I'm this perfect mom who never messes up and that's not really I mean I do want to be a hero in her life but I also want to be a human and show her that like even mommy messes up or even mommy has a hard time sharing or especially mommy has self-control issues you know like I lose 
you know the perspective sometimes and just being human and and being willing to clear that up either in front of her or clearing things up with her and i think the self-control especially has really helped me in that arena i think one of the things for annie in particularly is self-control can play out in different ways but fear is one of those categories where like when you let fear creep up a lot of times that's when you're like i don't know what to do and you know and one of the things she was really fearful of earlier on when we um, started swim classes she just was not a fan of the water and i think some of that has to do with our first apartment we only had a shower we didn't have a bath so for the first two years of her life she really had never had a bath Mm -hmm. she only knew how to take a shower and i remember it being the craziest thing because here was this little two-year-old she would jump in the shower wash her hair wash her body she'd never taken a bath before so it was weird to see a two-year-old taking a shower but fast forward we moved to a new apartment that has a bathtub and i think she was two and a half at that time and i thought a bath would be such a fun experience for her and we started up the bath we filled it up with toys and she was flipping out she had never experienced a bath before <laughs> and i just remember being like oh my goodness this is so backwards for her because like you know mm-hmm. most of the times you start out with baths and then you move to showers so then that just been like well let's put her in swim classes get her comfortable with the water and there was just a lot of fear there for her and one of the first verses she actually memorized and that was because in sunday school this is one of the verses they were actually focusing on was joshua 1 9 mm-hmm. where it says have i not commanded you be strong and courageous do not be afraid do not be discouraged for the lord your god will be with you wherever you go and she just started practicing that and before swim classes we would recite it we would even do patient hands just to be like okay take a deep breath let's calm down let's ask god for help and we would pray before her swim classes and as her swim classes started going she started getting more confident with it and i just remember being like man the whole sharing practical principles that we've been practicing with her plus some of the prayer that we've been doing with self-control is really coming together to really handle this big fear in our life. But then even for me, we got invited to go to the reptile zoo here in Huntington Beach, Mm -hmm. and they have a lot of snakes in there. I'm just terrified of snakes. I don't do well with snakes. I didn't have the best experience with snakes growing up, so it just has developed this fear for me. Mm. And it was for a birthday party, and I remember being like, oh man, I don't know if we can go because of my fear of snakes. But that was actually the first situation where I realized my fear was going to get in the way of an experience my daughter could have mm-hmm. or our family could have so i really had to pray through that but on the way to the reptile zoo i asked annie like hey annie, do you have any ideas or thoughts that could help me as i'm trying to wrestle through this fear of snakes because you know mommy doesn't like snakes and then she had even brought up the verse we had memorized like joshua 1 9 and yeah. i was like that's perfect so i recited the verse and i prayed it for myself and i think that has really helped her to even see mommy be human and kind of use some of the same practical steps that she uses for the self-control I can use as well to kind of help me gain self-control of my emotions or thoughts or that's a good point you made in in just how our fear can actually affect our kids like and, and this was obviously a small example yeah but in this situation it was keeping your child from an experience that they could have sometimes yeah. our fear can have bigger impact but that you were able to identify that and then still fight against it yeah. and give your daughter that experience yeah yeah and I really think I mean that is parenting is yeah. letting our kids have these experiences and really for me it's been like just letting God come through like surrendering my thoughts and fears as a mom and really letting Annie have her own experiences. And like I said, even if it means it's a park play date where 
she doesn't have the best morning but she needs to be able to experience the relationships consequences to her decisions good outcomes when she does share kindness and not always trying to protect her from that yeah. I think that's been really a helpful thing for me to realize like I can't even let my own fears and thoughts get in the way of her experience or whatever God may have for her so that's yeah. been really helpful to learn I mean I have a lot more to learn yeah. but it's been a good early yeah. lesson for us I think that's yeah great. you're preparing to launch and yes. So yes you're preparing her for the world and so you're not sheltering her from what's going to happen in the world yeah <laughs> yeah and too I, I catch myself too the whole self-control part is a lot of times I feel like I want control not just in my own life or things for her like I really don't want her to get hurt a lot of times or experience pain but I'm realizing that's just not the reality of this world she's gonna have to experience that and a quick story we actually went to Yosemite a few several weeks ago and we had driven up to Yosemite we got like a campsite for the night we set up our tent we looked at the weather and we decided you know what like it's not gonna rain at all like it was clear skies no rain so we decided to take like our rain protector off our tent that way we could stare at the stars at night while we were sleeping and so we set up our tent and then we were driving up to like the tunnel view in Yosemite just to look at the sunset and on our drive up there my husband said hey how about we pray for a good uh, sense or a sunset that it will just be beautiful and amazing how about we ask God if he'll just give us a great sunset so he's like, Mommy, can you pray for us? Since he was driving, I said, Sure. So I started praying. In the middle of my prayer, Annie from the back says, Oh, and ask for a rainbow. Tell me we want a rainbow. And in my prayer, I remember thinking, like, Oh, man, there's going to be no rainbow because we checked and there's no rain at all for the weekend. So then in my prayer, all of a sudden, I'm giving God all these caveats, like, But if it's not in your will, that's totally fine. And like, <laughs> God, we know, like, you have good things for us, you know. So. In my prayer, I was even doing that with God. So anyways, fast forward, we're watching this sunset, and I just remember thinking, like, man, Andy's not going to get this rainbow. And I'm like, no, God, please don't disappoint her. Like, there's this fear of, like, her not wanting to be disappointed. Well, long story short, a 10-minute rainstorm comes through out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> and I was freaking out a little bit because I was like, oh, no, we don't have our rain flap on our tent. But this 10-minute rainstorm happens, goes by really quick, and before you know it, there's this huge rainbow in the middle of the Yosemite Valley. And of course, I'm just like bawling at that point. Oh I'm like goodness. sitting by my husband. I'm like, what in the world? And there's like this painter that was sitting next to us painting the sunset. And he works for Yosemite. And my husband asked him how long he had been working there. And he said about 20 years. He's been with, the, with Yosemite for such a long time. And he comes and he paints and he trains people to paint the sunsets all the time. And then my husband asked him, how many times have you guys gone a rainbow like this? And he said in his 20 years of painting, this is probably the second rainbow he's ever experienced. Oh. And I just... <laughs> so special. Crying more all of a yeah. sudden. No. <laughs> I, I, I but I mean, that's just a great example of like, I can't, even in her prayers, all of a sudden, I didn't want to pray this for her because I knew there's no rain. There's no, there's going to be no rainbow. So I'm really thankful for God humbling me. I've had a lot of those situations where like God's really kind of stepped in front of me and been like hey like she's my child and mm -hmm. she's gonna grow up to 
Lord willing, like love and follow him and really do something for the kingdom. But in order for that to happen, like I just have to let her have those experiences. And that's been one of the biggest lessons for me. Mm -hmm. And specifically with sharing and self-control, like not being such a helicopter mom and taking my hands Mm -hmm. off and letting her experience, whether good or bad, letting her have that. So that's been really helpful. And my lesson of parenting. As I'm listening to you talk, I'm, I'm thinking about like the difference between compassion and yeah. also like helping your daughter experience the world. Like, you know, you can relate to her. You have this compassion for her. You know how hard it is to share. Yeah. You know how hard it is to have self-control. And yeah. you can relate to her in that way and, you know, see life yeah. through her eyes and even yeah. share that you understand that. But then also letting her choose the right things and, and yeah. helping her walk through that is yeah. really important. No, that's true. And I think it just goes back to choosing. And self-control, that's really what it is. You have to choose to surrender. You have to choose to, when you feel like you have no control, to just, really it's a surrendering to God, to yeah. knowing that he's the one that has control over everything mm-hmm. and kind of evaluating, okay, like what is my stewardship? How can I get my perspective back on track? And for her, that's like doing simple breathing techniques. Okay, anyway, take a deep breath. Let's calm down. Let's think through it, you know. And that kind of helps us clarify, communicate, bring our perspective back into before I'm like, stop doing that tantrum. Like, what is wrong with you? You know, instead it's like, okay, let's breathe. Can you tell me what's wrong? Can you tell me what's your fear? Okay, what can we do? Can we pray through it? Can, you know, how can mommy help you instead of how can mommy fix you? I think that's been my biggest thing is I don't want to fix my daughter throughout life. I want to really help her to walk alongside Jesus and and learn how to do that well. And that means I have to humble myself as a human and show her, even when I mess up and lose control, and being quick to even clear that up with her as well when I lose patience with her or raise my voice, being like, this is part of god's grace in our life that we get the opportunity to clear things up because we have a gracious god but bringing it back to that eternal perspective god has given us the fruit of Mm self-control so we do have self-control so that's just been really helpful i love how you shared that self-control is a choice i think that's a good 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 summary of that so thank you so much for sharing yeah thanks for having me this is fun i appreciate it thanks so much for joining us today We hope that you've been encouraged to move forward in your parenting journey and that you have some practical next steps you can readily apply. Join us again next month for another Mom to Mom podcast.